Hello and welcome. My name is Liva Bonnevi and this is episode 19 from Clan of the Horses, a podcast about horses and horse people. Benedict Lindahl is a master trainer from Iceland, but you need not ride Icelandic horses to listen to what he has to say. His overall focus has always been the welfare of the horse, and he has spent the last 50 years searching for better ways to understand the language, needs and behavior of the horse. I met Benny for the first time 10 years ago, when I was doing research for my second novel in Iceland, and he has for sure been a tremendous inspiration for me, both when it comes to riding and writing. You will find many trainers out there who use the word harmony to describe what they aim for, but you will not find many who has actually found real harmony in a complex relationship between horse and human, but Benny is definitely one of them. Please note that English is our second language. Benny's first language is Icelandic and mine is Norwegian. So sometimes we use words that are understandable in both our northern languages, but not necessarily that understandable in English. The word honhest means ponying, leading one or several horses alongside the horse you're riding, which Benny considers to be a vital part of the education of the young horse. When Benny says skeptisch, he means the horse is reserved. And when he says negative spanning, he means negative tension in either horse or rider or both. Also note that we had some technical issues when we tried to set up the interview. And we are about to dive straight into the moment where we finally solved it. Now I have forgotten what I wanted to tell you. But we have all the time in the world to... uh, help you remember (laughs) i I think it's gonna come back somehow yeah yes all right it's very nice to see you again benny yes same 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 to you i i uh, it's a long time ago but uh, yet when when you start to talk to somebody you haven't met for a couple of years it's just like yesterday yeah Yeah. that's my experience as well so i sent you some some questions benny or some, yeah, uh, I would say, yeah. maybe even talking points. Um, like I said, it doesn't matter at all to me whether we work from that or not. It's really up to you. Yeah, well, uh, I looked at it a bit and I uh, wrote a couple of points here down. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to look at it anymore. We'll see. But uh, you just uh, ask me those questions or something else. And we see where it, uh, where it goes. So it is, I think, always interesting to talk to people uh, about how it started with horses because everybody has their unique story about how they came to be with horses in the first place. So uh, I would really be intrigued to know your story. First, uh, I was growing up in in, uh, Reykjavik and the next house beside me where I was growing up, it was two older guys who was uh, having the horses in their garage. And when I got interest on horses, I was just always there. I think I was impossible. But they were very kind to me, and and there I I was allowed to to ride out with them now and then. And uh, and then in those days, often uh, kids, uh, you know, young kids were sent to farms to work over the summertime. We had three months. Uh, uh, holidays from the school in Iceland we still have nearly 
and uh, there I, of course, I, I learned to to work, to 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 uh, you know be around animals, sheep, cows, and, and a bit of horses. And uh, yeah, from there I it was growing, and uh, I had more opportunity to to with a little bit older friends to to hang out with them. They were kind of professionals. And uh, I think I was maybe 16 when I start to be, yeah, professional to 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 work with horses for for other owners. And and it was most in those times uh, the horse clubs all around Iceland. They were hiring uh, trainers, and they were running the training station. And I was. Uh, our first in the southeast in Hortnafjörður when I was 17. And, uh, you know, and then I was around in Iceland and uh, Denmark later in Germany and, and so on. And and I am actually still there. So, you know, uh, that's my job, working with horses and doing a couple of things uh, what you can uh, connect to to horses and horse work and, and so on, yeah. What what do you think made you go to those guys back in the days to be with the horses? I think I was just born with this, you know, virus and uh, you can't do nothing about it. Uh, I, I have always had this to be around animals, special horses and dogs. And uh, I'm still there, so uh, I think I just born with it. That's my uh, impression of you as well. It's uh, it's in your blood. Yeah, well, uh, uh, has to be because no one in my family uh, was uh, thinking about. Yeah, actually, my father, uh, when he was younger, he had a couple of horses and sheep in the uh, on the farm he was growing up. Uh, I think I have it from him, and also my you know grandfather. Uh, and and back more they were farmers so uh uh yes but i had to i had to do it all myself uh more or less uh you know when i was in the winter time once i think i was maybe 14 15 i had to take a bus in the winter time and uh once i was so stinky because i was putting something on the hoofs or something I, I I was so ashamed. Everybody would look at me. I had to go out of the bus and walk rest of the road. And it's many, I think you know those stories, uh, maybe yourself. And uh, and I was the only guy in my class who had horses. And I was running in the in the lunch break to feed my horses. It was in a small stable, and I'm back again. And and I was often alone riding there. And uh, you know, uh, it was not a thing for me. It was no. It was just uh, it was just natural thing to have, and um, my friends were, yeah, okay, you are you are going to the horses, but uh, I don't know why, but it's okay, you know, something like that. <laughs> so no, none of you, none of your friends rode horses either. You were the only no, one. No, not in those days. Yeah. Not in those days. So, um, and at some point you started, like you said, you you became a professional and you started to compete. No, actually, actually, uh, not so early because uh, in those days uh, it was not 
all about competing. Uh, it was more or less just work with young horses. We had, we were some, often I was alone by these uh, horse clubs, but sometimes we were, we were a couple of guys together working for maybe the same person, uh, was breeding a lot of horses. And uh, it was all about just to, to have a lot of young horses. And we were trying some things out and we were just crazy about horses and we were all very curious we didn't know everything, and, and we didn't know much, but we 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 had a lot lot of interest of for for the horse, and uh, uh, not everything was was good what we were doing, but uh, also something was really good, and and we were learning, and we were thirsty to learn, and we were just hanging out with the horses and riding a lot, and 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 doing some experience and so on, and. Then kind of we discover uh, competing, but uh, it was it was never by me personally. It was actually never number one. It was more so I'm doing this because it's important for my work. So so, but I was never thinking about competing. Not 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 really. Not really. So important for your work as in if you were competing and getting good results, it would be easier to have horses to train or? Yeah, I think so. But uh, I didn't change my, my work because it was a comp competing horse. Never. And I, I, I was really, I didn't think about it, but I really didn't let nobody stir me at my work. And I always was searching for the right feeling when I, when I was competing. And if the feeling was right, what the, what the horse was giving me, I was satisfied. Well, it doesn't, I, I didn't care actually if I was number one or number five or whatever. Can you, can you say so, a little bit about the feeling that you're talking about? Yeah, well, uh, when, when you are competing, you have a, a good horse you've been working with uh, for a long time. Uh, the time have to be long enough because the timing when you start have to be right in a certain way that you get used to do this thing uh, and later on you can maybe have a goal to to do something more maybe to win but the op the the build the, that we are building the horses up that have to be the whole way. And also, when you're coming out of your, your uh, you're going out of the of the track, and uh, the competing is finished, uh, it's still you're building your horse up. You you can't do something else because you are competing that is absolutely different to your uh, training, because then you lose your horse. He don't understand you. He he don't. Uh, he's hey, what about our uh, building up thing? And uh, he don't really trust you. And, and you go again, and, and you do this. Uh, maybe the same. You maybe win, but uh, the horse uh, will be skeptic, and and he lose his charisma or or australing. And uh, it is really difficult to get things 
uh, that way that they used to be, uh, that the horse is really trusting you and is doing this thing with you together if you cross this line. And uh, yeah, and that is the feeling I was talking about, what you was asking about. I want to go in and want to go out with my nice feeling that we can, we, we are building the horse up as a competition horse, maybe, uh, but it's not all about competition. They are so clever. If you are doing some ego thing and not thinking about the teamwork, why should he trust you? He, he is so clever and he is so sensible. And he is so quick to lose faith on you if you if you are not with him. If we, if we take this competition thing, there are two kinds of riders uh, in this in this matter. Uh, there are riders who actually I like more to talk about. You don't see there actually much going on, but the horse is is uh, moving freely, and uh, the rider is giving the horse space, letting him be in the right moment without losing his attention, and the horse is so thankful that his charisma Ustraling is really positive, and you can if you know something about horses, you can read it, you can feel it, you can see it, and the horse is so thankful that that the the what they have been practicing building this up is still there and he's really you know uh doing well and they they together and uh, and there are other riders who uh, uh i actually don't like to talk so much about but uh they are not letting the horse be they are they think they have to control him in every step because they think if i give him more freedom, he can maybe do every, something else or think about something else or, or another gate or whatever. And I think this is misunderstanding. Uh, uh, the, this rider uh, don't know how clever the horse is and he don't trust the horse enough to go freely for himself. He's, he think he, I have to make every decision what we are going to do. And unfortunately, uh, you see that a lot. And uh, yeah, if we are talking about competing, I mean, uh, some judges are seeing the different, but some don't. So uh, often when you have this negative ustraling or a negative spanning, you get some uh, extra something, but that is all because the horse wants to go away from you. And they are stopping it with the rain and some aids. And uh, then we can stop uh, to talk about together work or harmony or uh, softness and and everything. What what make you uh, to a good horseman? But uh, anyway, I, I also uh, want to say. Uh, the riders who have their horses, you know, who are not competing, and they, but many of them have a very, really nice horses. I think there is a, also a lot of, uh, as, how do you say it, is, is a lot of willing to, to, to be better, to be good, to be better, to make their horses really so good as possible. And I have, through the year, I, I, I have, uh, have the chance to get to know so many riders who are really, uh, I, I'm missing the word, but uh, 
it's coming from the right spot, uh, their uh, ambitions to, to be better and to get the horse then better and in the right way. And I really have a good experience from, from to work with those guys and, uh, and many of them are, are, have been doing really well, really well. Uh, I, I've never seen you compete, but I've seen you on clinics and yes. riding horses with, I don't know how to describe it, because it's very rare to see, I think, the way you ride horses. It's like you get up in the saddle and very rapidly the horse is very soft. When I look at you, when you ride, it's it's like you say, you, you do really nothing but it makes a huge difference for the horse still. So I've seen you with horses who change dramatically when you're riding them. And what really comes across is it's like a softness and a lightness in the horse that I really, really appreciate. They are happy, open and free in a way. And I know this is very difficult to talk about and also in you know when English is our second language, but... Is it possible to say something about your philosophy and how you manage to get the horse to that point where he's 100% comfortable with being ridden, when he knows all the signals and when he feels completely safe and in balance, physically and mentally? Yes, uh, uh, I think so. Uh, I will try. Uh, I have, you know, as a leading uh, guide, uh, three words, uh, in my whole work with horses. And that is, uh, I want to get the listening from the horses and the understanding and the accepting those th three things. And, uh, till you get the horse to listen to you, you have to understand the horse and to, to speak the same language and to act uh, uh, really like you were a bit, you know, one one of the horse who are in the herd. And uh, and those are the rules, the, the language what the horses understand best because they made them themselves. And uh, if you can turn it into what you are asking the horse to do or you're suggesting we're going to do this and if the timing are right uh, he's going to respond and uh, if he's responding in the right way please don't get in the way i i i um, normally say it doesn't matter if you're in the saddle or or, or on the ground and i say often uh, you're never allowed to to surprise the horse when we are working together because he don't like that, and then he wants to go away. We we know that, but on the other hand, if you are your preparation and everything once leads to another, I often say that you are never allowed to 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 surprise him. But on the other hand, he is allowed to surprise us with how good he can be, you know. And uh, and I can tell you maybe one example what maybe explain or or is uh, a part of the answer to this kind of question. I was making the the second film there and uh, with all this preparation and work and it was actually no plan. We were just he came now and then and filmed, 
And uh, I was just showing him where I was in the training with different kind of horses. And uh, then uh, we went with a couple of horses down to uh, to our, uh, back then, uh, our competition place. But there were no uh, locked area. It was a big area down by the river, totally open. And uh, I took one after the other horse. I think I had five horses and I rode all kinds of stuff on the circle and gallop uh, or, or pace or, or whatever, a little bit so into the water and everything. And all these horses has never been there before. And because of this, what I explained a bit here before, they were so open and they were so positive and then none of them never struggled or, or was saying, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to go away or something. It was just, for me, it was, perfect because they were they were positive doesn't matter what i was doing and uh, they were young horses a bit up to a, a little bit older horses and uh, i was then <laughs> i was really positive surprised because uh, i had no plan i just wanted to go there and uh, because it was a nice place to film and to write and a lot of space and everything and everything was open and then you just uh, went off the horse to the ground and took the, the, the nose band or whatever away and he was eating grass. Nothing special was going on. We were just doing what we all used to do. We were just doing it there. And, uh, and then, of course, you, uh, you have to be very aware about timing all, all the time. When you begin to do something and when to quit. And... Uh, you know, it's always come a day that you can repeat and do something more or a little bit better or something. But uh, that is very important. And but I, what I wanted to say is actually, it's also the big key how you use, uh, you know, uh, like a, a riding, uh, how do you call it, riding arena. Uh, or a track or wild track or whatever, what is closed in, how do you use it and uh, how much and how and for how long time and what you what are you doing in there and when do you go out uh, into the nature and nice ride trails with all this nature and everything and for me this is the maybe the biggest key because I've seen so many riders, also profis, they're staying too long in those areas. And uh, they are struggling with some uh, things, uh, and it all, only get, or or when it's bad, it gets worse. Instead of uh, get a little bit answer and a little bit understanding, and that is enough, and take it out with a nice nature, and and don't use it so much there, but but uh, you know you don't have to practice all the time. You can prepare. Uh, do you say that? Yeah, prepare. Prepare, preparing mm. something for a bit or for a couple of times, not 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 too much, and then you go out, and you you just write, but you can feel it on the horse that you have been practicing on a couple of things, not too much, not for a long time, but you are getting through, and he's you are getting more understanding and accepting. And then you just leave him alone. But you can feel it on the from the mind and from the movement and from the softness that you have been practicing. And that is enough. Just let it be. 
and and let them flow and have space and uh, and 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 then you can build on that maybe later but not all the time you know the horse have to see the reason why he is doing things you have to see where it goes to end and like i said before if you the most maybe most important thing what i think about working with horses is to let the horse be in the right moment without losing his attention and that if you can do that you're you're pretty far you're pretty good so that is very important i remember the scene you're describing from your film with the river and that particular scene was filled with that kind of soundness balance and unity that i really think that everybody who rides strive for but sometimes it's it's hard to get there i think for people um yeah well if you if, yeah sorry do you do a lot of work on yourself to have have that safety and balance to offer to the horse is it something that comes from within or or is it something you also kind of physically train for because um, it doesn't, I mean, a lot of people you tend to get in the way of the horse. It's so easy to get in the way, horse's way, and, and disturb the horse. So so how, how do you ensure that you manage to leave the horse alone like you do? Is it like a feeling or a natural talent, or is it something that you really practice to be able to do? Uh, it's possible that this is something, uh, you know, in myself, uh, in my character, or, or something, I, I I don't know about that, but uh, I know how important it is. And uh, I was one asked uh, by someone, "What do you think is most common by by the writers? Uh, what is what is uh, actually bad?" And without thinking, I said, "They are too late." And that is actually right, because if you are too late, you are too late to, to figure out what, what is coming, what is what the horse is just thinking about to do now or not to do, or, or you are too late to say thank you with uh, giving the rain back or, or get rid of your, your endless eight or something. Then you are standing in the way. And, and the horse, uh, why should I do this? And I never get have some thank you or something it's always coming tomorrow or whatever and that is so so important so i'm very at least i'm very aware about it and i am i, I really uh, pushing people uh, far to to think about that in my clinics and and really try as hard as they can because if you're really trying hard not to be too late then you are less late, but you are still late. So you have, it's a long time you have to practice. And when you are working with horses all the time, like I am more or less, uh, that is actually my, my biggest issue. If I try to understand the horse so much as I can, but I always try to be on the right time or I have the right timing to say, I call it thank you, you know? to give him something back that he is thinking about, well, this is not so bad. I, I'm, I'm maybe ready to do something else that, or again, or, or, or this is fun, or, or I, I don't feel anything, but I have reason to be afraid or want to go away or something. And that's 
the foundation I want to build on. Yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, me and Sika, my wife, we, we wrote a book for <laughs> for a couple of weeks ago, and it's coming out now in, in English and German. And uh, there I have a big chapter about, I call it, I don't know what is in English. I, I think it's free, no. And uh, it's really a new thing what I'm talking about there. And uh, it's all about to give the horse space because uh, he is he has to have space to move freely, to think freely and stay positive. And uh, I, I'm writing pretty long thing about that, just about that. And, and why and uh, how I do it and uh, uh, it doesn't matter if I'm on the ground or I have a horse with some riding and have a honest, you know, or, or whatever, it doesn't matter. You said um, yeah. your three keywords in your philosophy is listening uh, and you said understanding and acceptance? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Could you elaborate a little, uh, like explain to some depth what you mean when you say listening, understanding, and accepting? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's it's uh, it's happening more or less in the beginning on the ground, from the ground. And if you want the horse to listen to you as his at- attention, you have to be interesting in his eyes. Otherwise, he... He's, he doesn't, you know, somebody is there, but what, he, what is he doing? I don't understand. And then if you get his attention, his listening, and uh, you have to explain kind of what, what we are going to do together. I always talk about together, not to let him do something. And if you, if you, have the right preparation. Uh, preparation is 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 to explain him. That's the same thing actually. And if if uh, you do that, once one lead to another, would I mention here earlier? Uh, and you give him no reason to be afraid of afraid of you or or, or close him in or something with something with this what is uh, unfair. Then he understand what we are talking about, and you are working. I'm working so much as I can from the rules, what they made themselves in the herd. Okay, that's make it easier so that he understand me. Just you know, to go a little bit sideways away for me, or to go around me, or whatever what we are doing there. And if the timing is right, then we have more chance that. He is accepting it. It's, it's just kind of when you are going to a meeting and you want to get something through and uh, you have to have the right preparation. You have to convince the people around you. And uh, if the timing is right and you have been with all these things is, is in, a, in a proper way, you have more chance that you get all the yeses. It doesn't matter if there's a young horse or, or, or an older horse. If you get this exception, well, you know, uh, yes, I'm, 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 of course, no problem. What, what are we going to do? This is uh, the, the, 
one of the nicest feeling what I get when I'm working with horses and uh, and because I, I know how clever they are most of them are so clever and uh, uh, that's a, that's that's those things are the reason I'm still uh, in this business actually every day I, I think they are always again surprising me differently but how clever they are when I'm when I'm working with them or just watching them among other horses or, or feed them or whatever if you are in in, in this kind of uh, apartment to to watch horses you will you will always uh, to gathering experience and uh, and knowledge which is coming from the horse themselves and that actually is the reason uh, when I have been thinking about it, I, I have learned uh, uh, mostly from the horse itself because earlier we didn't have some lessons or something. We were just training young horses. And uh, when I think about it, uh, yeah, I was very often alone. And uh, the horses have taught me, I think, everything I, I know. And, uh, and you were asking me earlier about the balance or whatever timing and so on and i am big just have ambitions to to be good there and i have been practicing and 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 i've been practicing so long that that is coming actually automatically i don't think about it anymore but i'm very very aware of especially when you get a bit older how important it is to, to don't get get stiff or in the way too late or something so you have to be be aware of that and try to be as fit as possible uh, in the head and in the body and everything and uh, yeah and if you are that then you just get better you have just heard episode 19 and part one of the interview with benny lindahl from clan of the horses a podcast about horses and horse people i want to thank my composer Fredrik blom my guest benny lindahl and last but not least i want to thank you dear listener for your patience May the horse be forever with you.